as you all know, uh, this coming Sunday is uh, Yom Yerushalayim, Motzei Shabbat, and we're celebrating 55 years since Yerushalayim was restored to Jewish sovereignty. I'm not going to say liberation, occupation. I, I'm just going to stay away from all that. Reality. Thank God Yerushalayim is under an Israeli flag. And we certainly recognize not only the enormity of that event, but also the miraculous nature by which it happened and the tremendous salvation. One thing to remind us of, and uh, some people that I know here are not old enough to remember this, uh, but some of us are, is that in May 1967, uh, two things were happening simultaneously that uh, should give us a little pause. One is that all of the major parks in the cities of Israel, especially Tel Aviv, were being dug up in preparation to be used as makeshift graves. And the second is that the Jewish communities in New York, and I believe even in Los Angeles, were preparing for a large influx of refugees. And the old joke that was going around at the time was, remember, the airport was called Lod. So will the last person to leave Lod please turn the lights off? That's was the attitude, that was the feeling, uh, at least among the rank and file, during May 1967. Uh, I still remember as a little kid, um, not that old, as a little kid sitting in the kitchen on June 4th, 1967, at 10 o'clock at night, and my father, I'm walking into the kitchen as I was doing some finishing an assignment for school, and he said, war has just broken out. And that was 8 o'clock in the morning here in Israel. And uh, during the course of that week, I, as the uh, token Jew in the class, uh, was uh, picked to every day get up in front of the class and show updates with maps or whatever it is that we were able to get back in those days to show about the, the, the fighting. And uh, when all the dust cleared, Israel had three times its, uh, its land, uh, Israel was suddenly being recognized very quickly as a superpower and an international player, et cetera, et cetera. And the Kiddush Hashem that accompanied it was, was amazing. But perhaps the three words that were repeated many times uh, that uh, rang as sort of the symbol of the victory were the words that Motagur uh, uttered and um, were heard by everybody, Har Habayit Biadenu, Har Habayit Biadenu, the Temple Mountain is in our hands. And um, and so ever since then, the 28th of ER, which was Wednesday, June, June 7th that year, the 28th of ER has been celebrated as Jerusalem Day or Yom Yerushalayim. Uh, it's very different than Yom Atzmod. First of all, Yom Yerushalayim, within a few years, became something that unfortunately was only really celebrated within the religious sector. And the second thing is that Yom Yerushalayim is on the day that the miracle took place, as opposed to Yom Atzma'ud, which really celebrates the onset of the miracle or the culmination of a process or what have you. It's the day in which we commemorate it that way. As a result of that, when Yom Atzma'ud gets shifted because of the calendar, because we don't want it to fall out on Erev Shabbat or on Sunday um, or on, uh, it can't fall on Sunday, but on Monday uh, then or on Shabbat, certainly, we shift it to another day, and we're not bothered by that because what we're really celebrating is a process. Yom Yerushalayim is always celebrated on the day that it falls, by the way, it can never fall on Shabbat. And as a result of that, um, we, uh, we have um, this celebration 
which really is Bo Bayom, it really is on that day. 55 years ago, this Sunday, uh, the um, brave men who entered uh, the through the Lion's Gate and uh, and conquered the city of Yerushalayim relatively quickly and relatively with ease. And if you're interested, read um, um, I, I uh, what's it uh, Klein uh, Klein Halevi's book, um, like Dreamers, a marvelous book that tells the story of that battle and of that victory. In any case, what are we supposed to do about it? So there are several conflicting feelings and responses that we have. One of them is this. Yerushalayim has always been, especially, interestingly, since we were first exiled from Yerushalayim, Yerushalayim has always been something that we aver is the chief joy that we have. To the point where, on the one hand, we, um, we always temper every other celebration with an awareness that Yerushalayim is the greatest celebration, and as long as Yerushalayim is not rebuilt, we can't fully celebrate. On the other hand, what it means is that when we celebrate Yerushalayim, that should be something that, it, that leads our celebration. So even though the war was about much more than Yerushalayim, it was about survival, it was about water rights, it was about uh, Nasser and the UAR, and it was about King Hussein and his big mistake. It was about a lot of things going on. Nonetheless, the point that we take away and that we main, hold on to uh, forever is the, is the restoration of Yerushalayim to, to Jewish sovereignty. Um, one last point before launching into the, to the text that we're going to look at is that people often, because we've had so many decades, so many centuries of exile and persecution, we've created a vision for ourselves or a dream for ourselves of redemption being a shot out of the blue, a lightning bolt, and something which goes from zero to 60 in no seconds, meaning that the result of redemption is an immediate turnaround, 100% so that everything's perfect. And it clouds our judgment and makes it difficult for us to recognize, appreciate, and give thanksgiving when there is a redemption which is less than complete. Would anybody look at the state of the Jewish people today and say, we're at a perfect place? And that's ridiculous. Would anybody, on the other hand, look at where we are as Jewish people today and say, we're just where we were 100 years ago? That's equally ridiculous. And to say that we are far more redeemed and in a much better place, nationally, security-wise, etc., than we were back then, is a, is a given. And our obligation to recognize that and to thank God for the miracle of survival, the miracle of salvation, the miracle of victory, and the miracle of Jewish sovereignty over the land of Israel and over Jerusalem is something that we are indeed obligated to uh, to respond to halachically. The uh, pasuk in Dvarim, you see it's source two, source one we're all familiar with, and we're going to actually return to it at the end of this year. Source two, which is a source we've looked at in a rel- in related context, is a pasuk from Moshe's Musser speech uh, in Parshat Ekev. And in the middle of it, it says, You have to fear God, you have to worship God. Cleave to God. Swear by his name. He is your praise. And he is your God. Now, he is your praise. The highlighted phrase, what does that mean, he is your praise? 
That's a strange phrase. So we're going to find out. It's done in front of your eyes, all of these great and awesome things. And it's referring to the Exodus. And the next line there is, you went down to Egypt with 70 people, and now you're a huge nation. That's one of the miracles, which means that means he is the object of your praise. You are supposed to praise him for these great things that, he, that he's done. And it's something that we do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a yearly basis at different opportunities, Pesach, Sukkot, etc. And that leads us to the following uh, three comments, um, three statements. And we're doing them um, um, pretty much in, uh, in, in chronological order. Although not exactly. In the Shi'iltot, that's Rav Achai, and it's a mistake, it shouldn't say Rav Achayon, but Rav Achai's Shi'iltot uh, in the Shabbat about Hanukkah, where he talks about miracles, he says, Shi'ilta, Shi'ilta just introduces the statement, The Jewish people are obligated to praise and thank, to thank and praise God at a time that he does a miracle, and he brings the psukim, right? And he goes through the arguments of it, and then he says, therefore, when you come to a place, means that's when the miracle actually happens. When you come to a place where a miracle happened, you have to say the bracha, I've said that bracha when I got to Ma'brotayodain, several times, the place where we crossed with Yoshua. And then in a highlighted passage, when the day that a miracle happened arrives, meaning the anniversary of when a miracle happened comes, then he gives Hanukkah Purim as examples. And that's a bracha that we make in Purim, on, on Purim with Megillah, and on Hanukkah with lighting the candles, as he says here means we are obligated to commemorate the anniversary of a miracle by thanking God. The last piece I want to show you comes from the, sorry, the second to last place comes from this, this Pasuk Huti Latcha in the Sefer Mitzvot Katan. So the Sefer Mitzvot Katan is really an abridged version of, guess what, Sefer Mitzvot Gadol. All right, Sefer Mitzvot Gadol was the Sefer Mitzvot composed by Ramosh of Kusi, one of the Balea Tosfot, uh, and Rabbi Chiel Mikorvei, um, in the 13th century, composed sort of an abridged version of it. And in it, he counts as a mitzvah the following. We have to praise God at certain times. In other words, there's certain times in the year that we're obligated to praise God. And he quotes the pasuk, this pasuk here, meaning the statement that God is your praise is not just a descriptive statement, it's a prescriptive statement. Not just that God is the one that you praise, but you are obligated to praise God at particular points when miracles have happened. And you see the rest of the Pasuk in Dvarim, it is, he is your praise and he is your God who has done all these great things for you. And so therefore, when an opportunity comes to thank God and praise God for great things he's done for us, he says, that's a mitzvah doraita. And an example he gives of it on the personal level is when you are saved from some danger Classically, you're very sick and get better. You are imprisoned wrongly and you are let out. You are very, uh, you are, uh, you are traveling in dangerous places, desert to sea, and you are relieved from them. You are obligated to thank God 
And that's Birchat HaGomel that he presents here. That's on the personal level. All of that put together seems to indicate that if we are that blessed and meritorious, evidently meritorious generation that has been privy to and has been, been the beneficiaries of the tremendous miracles of 1967, and now we can easily come to Yerushalayim anytime, go to the Kotel, go up to Har Habayit. It's all ours. If we're able to do that, then we need to thank God for that. We have an obligation to thank God for that. And so we have Yom Yerushalayim. And in Yom, on Yom Yerushalayim, we say Hallel. As a matter of fact, in many circles, even those people who are reticent to say Hallel with the bracha on Yom Atzma'ut, are very comfortable saying it on Yom Yerushalayim. That was originally the Psak of the Rabbanut, because Yom Yerushalayim really commemorates a miracle that we saw with our eyes on that day. However, there's yet another piece to the puzzle. Every bracha that we say in Shemona Esrei is about something. The first three brachot are praising God for who God is and who God is and has been to us. The middle brachot are all particularistic requests ending with a general request of Shomayat Filah. And the last brachot, chiefly modim, are brachot of thanksgiving. Like the other two, it's kind of hard to explain. Other thanksgiving, modim is a brachot of thanksgiving. And we thank God for our life, for our spirit, for our soul, for all of the miracles that happen every day. That's what we do at every tefillah. An interesting thing happens to Shemona Esrei when there is a seasonal or or calendrical event that's of great significance, it has impact on the tefillah. For instance, in the winter, we mention that God makes it rain. In the summer, we don't make that mention. Uh, for instance, during Aseret, you make tshuva. We mention that God, we ask God to remember us for the good, that the micha mocha, when we change hayal kadosh to melech kadosh, hamelech hamishpat, we make certain changes. When it is a day in which a korban musaf would be brought, we add Ya'alev Yavot to the Avodah, because the Avodah takes on a new picture. And when there are days in which we are thanking God for special miracles, we add a paragraph that starts with the, with the words Al-Hanisim or Ve'al-Hanisim, Ve'al-Gurot, etc. And then we speak about that day. And we know about it from Purim and from Hanukkah. Rabbeinu Tam, you all know Rabbeinu Tam, Rashi's younger grandson. I mean, he had a few, but he's not as old as the Rashbam, his older brother. Rabbeinu Yaakov, Rameir, that's Rabbeinu Tam. This quote is from the Machzor Vitri, which is from the school of Rashi, of Shmaya, who was Rashi's student, put this together as, it's kind of uh, in form sort of a sidur, but it's really halachot of tefillah. Poseik, the b'chol shmonasrei brachot, in any of the brachot of shmonasrei, it's really 19, yachol adam l'chadesh, you can Add in, and whatever it is, bein dvarim shein hoda'a, whether it's thanksgiving, utfila, or request. Bein dvarim shein tzorchav, or things you need. Ho'ilu mi'ein bracha u'mechadesh. As long as it fits the theme of that bracha. Lo'ave hefsek bracha call. It's not an interruption, and it's not untoward, and you can add that in. Which means, for instance, that theoretically, and I'm, we're not going into this area right now, but theoretically, if there is a group of people that you believe needs special protection, then in the bracha al-hatzadikim, you may want to mention that particular group. Or if there is a group of people who are particularly dastardly and you believe need to be wiped out, you may add that in to the lamal shinim. I'm not passing a halacha here. 
just pointing out the impact of Rabbeinu Tam's words. But notice that he says also when it comes to Thanksgiving. And so already in the, I believe, 1949, uh, certainly by the early 50s, there were attempts to compose and there were compositions made of an Al-Hanisim addition for Yom Atzma'ut. And there are numerous nuschaot of it that float around uh, about um, uh, how, to, how to thank God properly in Modim for Yom Atzma'ut. Um, a few years ago, um, I got together with a friend of mine who himself wrote um, a, a composed a nusach of Al-Hanisim for Yom Atzma'ut, the one we say in our family. And we said, you know, we really need to compose an Allah Nisim for Yom Yerushalayim. We started this a number of years ago and batted ideas around. And this is Dr. Avi Schwinman from Bar-Ilan University. Um, um, and he's the one we, we could together compose the, that extra, that added verse to Mausur and the version of Nachem. And we worked on it. And finally, about two days ago, we finished. We put on a push now because of Yom Yerushalayim. And we finished, and it's already been published to the web. As a matter of fact, I'm going to share with you the uh, the links right now. There you go. Uh, there are two links to look at, and you can take a look at it. One of them has an English translation also of the text, but we're going to look at the text itself right now. So we wanted to find a way to thank God for the miracle of Yom Yushalayim. And we decided to do it in a more P.U.T. way, in a more poetic way, um, as befits Tfilah. And to have it, of course, be based on Sukim and Mamare Chazal, as is appropriate for P.U.T. But we also wanted to single out four stages in what Yom Yishalayim means to us. So I can tell you that my parents, Aleim Shalom, told me how they would travel from Los Angeles to Israel, go to Yerushalayim, it was between 48 and 67, they were there, I think, two or three, three times at least, during those, those 19 years, and they would go up to Hartzion and stand on their tiptoes and peek so they could see a corner of the Kotel. And there were Jews who, who went the whole, the, half the world distance, in order to take a peek at the Kotel. That's what Yerushalayim was like from 48 to 67. We had the new city that was developing, but the Yerushalayim that was at our heart, Har Habayit, was still something we could only glimpse from a distance. Then, of course, there was the terrible threat, starting in late 66, that culminated in early June of 67. Then, of course, there was the great victory, the great miraculous victory. And then there is what we've done since, including the immediate response, and ever since then. So, I'm going to just introduce you to a couple of psukim here, and then we'll take a look at the tefillah, and we'll go back to the psukim and see how these psukim sort of build this tefillah together. Um, the tefillah is available, obviously, to everybody. Please share it with your friends. Send the link to your friends. If people are not comfortable saying it in, in tefillah, it's certainly a piyut to say, if you sit down and have a festive meal on Sunday for Yom Yishalayim, then... Say, sing it or say it before Birkat Amazon. If you're not comfortable saying it in Birkat Amazon, right? The end of Birkat Amazon is part of the Harachamans. We should thank God. And this is a beautiful way to thank God for this amazing miracle. Okay. At, at, toward, at the, near the very end of the Torah, after the brachot that Moshe gives to the tribes, he describes Am Yisrael as Vayishkon Yisrael Betach Badad. Am Yisrael dwells securely but alone in isolation. 
And we took that theme of securely and in isolation, and we turned it around. You'll see. And that same word, badad, describes Yerushalayim in the inverted sense, which is, Echa Yashva Vadad, the beginning of Echa. How could it be this, this amazing city of throngs coming and kings and ministers coming to visit now sits all alone like a, like a bereaved widow? In Yumiyahu, we find a, rep, a, a, a reflection of people's attitude towards their, their city, even though it's, by the way, it's not Yushalayim in this reference, and they call it Kiryat Misosi, the city of my joy. And we can all understand that if we have connections with some town or some city. It's important. It's the city of my joy. Um, and the last thing I want to show you before getting to it, and then we'll go back to the, to the Psukim, is perhaps the most famous poetess, liturgical uh, poet, uh, who sang the praises of Yushalayim was Rabbi Yehud Levi. Rabbi Yehud Levi, of course, in the 11th century in Spain, uh, who, according to the Agadot, made Aliyah, and it was in Yushalayim that he was trampled by a horse. Uh, whether he actually to Yushalayim is subject to historians' debate. But in any case, Rabbi Yehud Levi, who, by the way, in, uh, in Agnon's uh, taught, uh, a book where he, writes, where he writes about the great poets of Israel, he calls Rabbi Yudah Levi Bechir HaMeshorim, the, the choicest of all the singers. So Rabbi Yudah Levi wrote numerous songs, and including elegies about Yerushalayim, and one of them is the beginning of a series of the last keynote we say in our tradition, uh, towards the end, that, are, that starts with Sion Haloti Shali Lushlam Asirayim. By the way, it became a very popular phrase because in the early 70s there was a popular song written to those words, which was really about Asirat Sion, those who were the, the refuseniks in the Soviet Union. Sion haloti Sion, don't why aren't you looking for your imprisoned ones and see how they are? Those who seek your peace, they are the remains of your flock. Shalom, they come from every, they are in every distance and every direction. Bring them from every direction, from far and from near. Shalom asir ta'avan, otein d'ma'av ketal, chermon v'nichsaf d'ritam al-harayich, everybody's weeping for them to be able to come back. Livkot enuteich ani tanim, ve'eit ha'chalom shivat shvuteich, and here he utters the very famous words, which Naomi Shemar made famous, ani chinor l'shirayich. I am the harp of your songs, he says to Yerushalayim. And of course, Naomi Shemer, who was familiar with this, turned it into the Chol Shiraich Ani Kinor. Ani Kinor Shiraich. We'll come back to these psukim, but I want to show you the text itself. Here it is. We start with, of course, Ala Nisim, Vela Porkan, Vela Gvorot, Vela Chuot, Vela Mechamot, Shasita, Vatenu, Vayimemehem, Bazman Hazeh. Okay. And now, in the day, in the early days, in the dawn of our state, and the liberation of our nation, the heart of our land dwelt in isolation, the city of our joy. And hakmeim la'avaneha tinu those who longed for her stones spoke of her praise. 
the choicest of her poets were like a harp to her songs. And that's, of course, Yudha Levi. This is what happened for all the centuries. And then this line brings us to 48 to 67. From between the cracks, your children peaked. To fill their eyes, to satiate their eyes from the, rem- the remnants of your goodly sanctuary, of your lofty sanctuary. That's what happened till 67. Then, Ragshu Goyim Vitraal, the nations bestirred themselves and they plotted evil. Amdu Aleinu they stood over us in order to destroy us, which of course reminds us of Vihishamda. We took this from Vihishamda. Negdam Azru Banacha, standing up to them, facing them, the platoons of your children, your, cho- your soldiers, girded themselves with strength. And your covenant with our ancestors, with our forefathers, you kept it for us. That's the miracle of the war. We recognize that the miracle of the war was a divine salvation and was part of the breed that our Kodesh Baruch Hu made with us. And then what happened? You entrusted your holy mountain into our hands. You opened up the gates of Shalem. Shalem is one of the names of Yerushalayim, and I'll show you the Midrash in a moment. The roads to Zion were, were dancing, were singing, were ringing with the dancing of those who were coming to celebrate with you or for you. And you brought the rhythms of our steps back to your footstool, back to Yerushalayim. Now, if you remember that a week after Yerushalayim, on the day, that Wednesday was Shavuot. And that was the first day that people came en masse. And there was no plaza. There was still a lot of rubble there. And the place was just jam-packed with people coming to the Kotel to daven at Shavuot. It was an amazing scene. I was not there. It's an amazing scene. So the roads to Zion are now filled with the throngs coming. And that's what happened in the aftermath of the war. And now what do we have? Our eyes see. We see your countenance radiating on the courtyards of your resting place. Menuchatecha is another name for Yerushalayim, Menuchat. Our ears hear the sound of, of, of happiness and rejoicing in the streets of your beloved inheritance. And of course, that rings for us. And now we hear that voice. And forever we will always elevate this eternal glory of Yerushalayim as our chiefest joy. Not the oath that they took when Yerushalayim was destroyed. If I don't make Yerushalayim my chiefest joy, but we're committing now that Yerushalayim will be our chief, our chief joy. I want to show you just a couple more of the references here. There is a, um, I mentioned, we mentioned in it that we would peek through the cracks in order to see that holy place for all those years. 
That's based on the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim. He's standing right behind the wall. This is about redemption. It's about Mashiach. He's standing right behind the wall. He's looking down from the windows, peeking through the cracks. In Tehilim Samache, a pasuk, by the way, we're familiar with from Brit Milah also. Happy is one that you choose and bring close, God. Yishkon Chatzerecha, he will dwell in your courtyards. Nispa'ah betuv betacha, he will be suffused with the, with the goodness of your house. Kedoshe Chalacha, the sanctity of your temple. And that's what we referred to, that people would come to peak to just see a little glimpse of your good temple. What was what remained? In Tehilim Bet, famously, Lama Rakshu Goyim, why are the nations all bestirred? Which is when we talked about the war. And then, of course, Vihisha Amda we referenced in, in, in the piece. There is a Midrash in Shashir Zuta, which is known as the Midrash Shivim Shemot. It's the 70 names that Yushalayim has, 70 names for, for Am Yisrael, 70 names for Yushalayim, 70 names for Yushalayim. And I didn't list all 70. You could take a look at them. One of them is Menucha. Yushalayim is called God's resting place. One is called Har Chemed, the, the delightful place. And one of them is called Shalem, as we find in the story of Malkitzedek, Melech Shalem. So we used all three of those names, although there's many more, in the piyut. Darchet Sion, at the, towards the end of the piyut, we said that the roads to Sion were now ringing with the dancing, was a response to this pasuk in Eichat. At the beginning of Eichat, we read, Darchet Sion Avelot, the roads to Sion are, are desolate. Mi bli nobody's coming. And now what do we see in our day? The roads to Shalom are jammed. It's like, it's a strange thing, but if you're trying to park at Mamila on a Friday, so you can walk down to the Kotel, and, and it takes a long time, it's frustrating. On the other hand, say this pasuk and smile. And now I can't even find a parking space. It's great. It's amazing. In Shir Shirim, towards the end, the the lover says to his beloved, how beautiful are your steps? And Chazal say this is referring to the steps of the Jewish people making Aliyah Regal. Of course, in Tefillah we say, let our eyes see your return to Shalayim. And so at the end of the period we said, and in Tehillim, famous Pasuk, we say, praise God and bow to his footstool as it is which is what we referenced in the Piyut. Um, in, and in Yishayahu Samech, at the beginning of Aftarah, we read on Parsha Kitavo, we say, Kumi ori kiva orech, your light has come. This is salvation. God's honor shines upon you. And so that's what we, we referenced in there. Od Yishama, of course, you're familiar with. The mention of Netzach Tifarta comes from this. In Divrei Amin, a very famous passage that David, this is before, just before David dies, and then he says, And a famous Trashav Rabbi Akiva, he says, Netzach is Yerushalayim. So Netzach Tifarta, and Netzach is Yerushalayim because Yerushalayim is forever. That's what Netzach means, forever. And so all of that, with, of course, the conclusion that we will elevate Yerushalayim and she will be our chiefest joy, and that is our commitment, is what went into making this piyut.
Again, I sent you the links uh, so that you can access the piyut. You can print it. You can say it, including your tefillot. Um, there's also a second link, which on the Open Sidur um, um, page is already with a line-by-line translation in English, which is much better than the translation that I just gave, um, although I actually wrote it, but it's, uh, it was better because a uh, few words here and there are a little better. Um, and, uh, and so you have access to that, and we'll continue to build up the site with more, uh, with more information, more background, and these sources will ultimately go up there too. Um, this source sheet will also be on the YU Torah page so that this shear should be up by this evening and you can download it from there as well. Anyways, um, that's what we've got. Um, so we Hashem, we will have a very festive Yom Rishalayim on Sunday and we will have yet another vehicle, uh, for, um, for praising HaKadosh Baruch Hu, uh, uh, for this amazing miracle that we're all the beneficiaries of.